was reminded of our <clears throat> first song there when we started singing it <clears throat> in uh, John chapter 13. Jesus had his disciples gathered in the upper room that evening for the Passover meal. And he said, a new command I give you. Do you know what the command was that he gave them that night? Uh, no, that wasn't it. Love one another. Three words. Love one another. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, he said, and the song brought this out. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And so it's not a matter of us trying to prove to the world that we're a disciple of Christ or trying to show the world and tell them all that we've done and are doing and all that. It's just simply loving people and letting them know that, oh, you must be a Christian. You love people. Tonight we'll look at discipleship, learning to do what is good. Uh, discipleship, that lifelong process from the point we're born again to the point we die, we're in a discipleship process of learning to be like Jesus. And so we want to learn to do what is good tonight. And so we go to Titus chapter 1. Uh, we're going to get into the, I know that wasn't in the bulletin, chapter 3 is where we are, but we need to get a little background here. And so in Titus chapter 1, Paul the apostle is writing to a pastor that he left in a certain place called Crete. And uh, he's writing to this pastor some instructions of what he needs to do while Paul is in another place. Titus is there in Crete. It says, here's what you need to do, Titus. So chapter 1, verse 5 of Titus, the reason I left you in Crete was that you might straighten out what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. And so Crete is the largest island in the Mediterranean Sea. And I wish I had a big enough map for you to be able to see but it's right off the coast of uh, Italy, today's Italy, Rome of that day and time. And uh, it's the largest island in the Mediterranean. And so here the gospel had been preached and the church had been started and people had gotten saved. And so there's many disciples there. And Titus was left there by Paul, as he said, to straighten out what was left unfinished. Have you ever used that term, I'm going to straighten you out? Or you need to be straightened out? What does that mean? What do we mean by that? Or what does somebody mean when they say that? Check your attitude. Check your attitude. Get your priorities in order. All right, priorities get in order back there. Y'all, either one? No? He says it all the time. He's, okay. <laughs> he says it all the time. Just don't know what it means, huh? Well, all right, there you go. <laughs> there you go. And so... <laughs> Uh, sometimes parents have said that to, to their children. Sometimes people say it to other people and so forth. But uh, just just get some things right. Just straighten some things out. Just correct some things. Uh, make everything better than it was because uh, that's why I left you there, Titus. I left you there to straighten things out, to make things better because some things were left unfinished, meaning that Paul got the church started. He preached here, preached there. People got saved, got organized, and then he had to leave or did leave. And so he left Titus there. There's some things unfinished. And also appoint elders in every town. As you go through these towns that where the gospel is preached and the church is going, just appoint some people to be in charge of that area, to oversee that area, uh, elders, uh, as you will, as I directed you already to do. Well, down in verse 12, skip down a little further, Titus 1, 12. Even one of their own prophets has said, Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, and lazy gluttons. So Paul is saying this about one of their own prophets of Crete had once said this before that, hey, Cretans, you know the Cretans, they're always liars, 
They're always evil brutes, and they're just lazy gluttons. And so what an expression to make about a, a group of people that live on this island called Cretans or people of Crete. And so that's the way the prophet had described them. And then not only that, but look at verse 13. This testimony is true. <laughs> so it wasn't that Paul was saying, hey, this is what I've heard. He said, that's true. And so he said, Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. And so uh, the question that I would ask Paul is, well, Paul, how do you really feel about those people? You know, if you think the prophet from years ago had said they're, liar, they're always liars, evil brutes, and lazy gluttons, and you're saying that's true, okay, <laughs> whatever you say. So therefore, since it's true, since they're always liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons, therefore rebuke, rebuke them sharply so they will be sound in their faith and will pay no attention to Jewish myths or to the commands of those who reject the truth. And so since the people are well known of that place as liars, evil brutes, and lazy gluttons, you need to rebuke them because they've gotten saved now and make sure they don't bring any of that kind of lifestyle any of those kind of habits and culture into their Christian walk. If they had been a liar, make sure they're not anymore. If they had been an evil brute, make sure they're not anymore. If they're a lazy glutton, make sure they're not anymore. Straighten it out. Rebuke them sharply. Sharply. Make sure they're sound in their faith that they rest their place, their life on Jesus. He's become their foundation now. Make sure they're sound in that. And they don't pay any attention to Jewish myths. That the, some had come out of Judaism. Some had come out of the Jewish faith. And so now they're Christians. And so make sure they don't stay attached to the Jewish myths and do what the Jews de do and did as a, a Jewish person. They're saved now. They're, they're walking by faith, not by myths, not by law. And don't make sure they're not paying attention to the commands of those who reject the truth, the truth of Jesus, the truth of the gospel, the truth of salvation. Make sure they're not paying any attention to all that. They're not heeding those calls. They're not uh, doing those things. Make sure they come out of the world into the kingdom and they're living a different lifestyle now. And so it goes on in verse 15, to the pure, those that have been saved and made righteous, to pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe, well, nothing is pure. Those that are corrupted, those that do not believe, those that are lost, in other words, Nothing is pure because you can talk to a lost person sometimes and you begin to talk to them about God, uh, Jesus, church, Bible, things that God says here, and they're going to think you're just making it up. They're going to think you don't know what you're talking about and you're way out of line for talking about that kind of thing because to them it's not pure. It's not holy. It's not righteous to a lost person. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. Talking about these people that... He's referring to as always liars, evil brutes, and lazy gluttons. <clears throat> to be corrupted would be to morally be morally contaminated, uh, meaning that, okay, you're saved, okay, you're born again, but where's your morality right now? See, to be contaminated means something has slipped into your life, something has slipped into your uh, food, your food can get contaminated, your, your something you're drinking can be contaminated. And something about your life has been morally contaminated. Something is washed in that needs to be washed out. To be corrupted means to be morally filthy. Uh, you're just not doing the things morally that you need to be doing. There's something that's come in that doesn't need to be there and morally polluted with sin. And so he's saying that those who are corrupted do not believe nothing is pure. They're morally contaminated, they're morally filthy, and they're morally polluted with sin. And so he said, you got to straighten some things out here that's going on with these people. They claim to know God, these people of Crete, 
that are not saved, but by their actions they deny him. They may talk about God, they may refer to God, they may talk about Jesus, refer to Jesus, but their actions say something different. Their actions say, I don't know who Jesus is by the way they're living, by the way they're acting. They're detestable, they're disobedient, and they're unfit for doing anything good. And so there we come to that word good that we're going to be looking at the rest of the time. The word good meaning showing they're not doing anything good. The word good means useful. If you're doing something good, you're doing something useful. You're helping people out. You're being useful to uh, your family, to your, your spouse, to the workplace, school, church, wherever. You're being useful. You're being beneficial. You're, you're a benefit to have around. You're just so pleasant. You're just pleasant to be around. You're honorable. You do the right thing no matter what. You have a positive moral quality. And that's the word good that he's using here in these verses. They're detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. Those that are lost, these people that are Cretans that he said uh, what the prophet had said about them. So what you got to make sure you do, Titus, is to make sure when they come into the kingdom, when they get saved, when they're born again, when the Holy Spirit lives in them, make sure they're being useful people for the kingdom. They're being beneficial to the kingdom. They're being pleasant in the kingdom. They're being honorable. And they just have a positive moral quality because their life is different now than it was before they got saved. So we skip on down to the last chapter of Titus. In the last few verses of Titus, he's gone through and told him all the things he needed to be doing. And so he's closing up here, if you will, with a letter. It says in chapter 3, verse 12, As soon as I send Artemis and Tychius to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis because I have decided to winter there. So he said, I'm sending two men, uh, Artemis and Tychius, to you. They're going to come relieve you of your duties. They're going to come in and take over doing what you've been doing. And then you come to me to Nicopolis there in Greece, the, a border town, uh, a, a seaside town, rather, in, in Greece. He said, I swear I'm going to spend the winter. You come and see me there. And you spend the winter with me in Nicopolis, and we'll plot our next strategy. And these two men will come and take your place. Do everything you can to help Zenos, the lawyer, and do everything you can to help Apollos on their way and see they have everything you need. So these two men, Zenos and Apollos, were there in Crete, and he said, make sure when they're getting ready to leave and going about their business where they're going, make sure this lawyer named Zenos and Apollos, the, the evangelist that we'll see in Corinth many times, <clears throat> see they got everything they need. You help them out. You be good to them. Just give them whatever they need as they make their way out of Crete. And then he says, our people, talking about the Christian, the Cretan Christians, our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good. Make sure that our people, those that are saved, those that are born again, those Cretans that the prophet said, what about them? They're, they're always liars, evil brutes, and lazy gluttons. Make sure that they're doing those things that are good. Make sure they're doing those things that are useful, beneficial, pleasant, honorable. They have a positive moral quality. They pass behind, and they're moving forward, and they're doing things that are good for everyone, that they devote themselves to doing what's good. If you're devoted to something, what are you? What does the word devote mean? You're devoted to it. All right, committed? Other words? Pretty well sums it up. Okay. You're committed to it. You're going to be there. You said, I'm going to be there at 5 o'clock. I'm there at 5 o'clock. You said, you're going to uh, carry that bucket. You're going to carry that bucket. You're going to do whatever it is you said you're going to do. And you're, you're devoted to doing it every day, every time that you're supposed to be doing it. 
And so he said, our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good. So be committed to doing good, not just because one day comes up and you do something good, but you do good all the time. You used to live a different lifestyle. Now you're living this lifestyle in Jesus. So make sure you devoted yourself to doing what is good. Why? In order that they may provide for daily necessities and not live unproductive lives. Make sure you're providing for daily necessities. What? Let's get, get enough, another definition. You're good at definitions tonight. What are daily necessities? What does that mean anyway? Daily necessities. Things you need every day. What? Food. Yeah, food and water. Okay. Okay. All right. There's just certain things we need every day. We need rest. We need exercise. We need food. We need water. We need sleep. Uh, the daily things that we have to have in order to keep living, keep going where we're going. And so he's making, he's saying to Titus, make sure that they're doing things that are good for this reason, that they can provide for their own daily necessities. Because in Crete, the Cretans were known as what? Always liars, evil brutes, and there's the last part, lazy glutton. All right. How would you define a lazy glutton? Okay. Overindulges in food. <laughs> don't want to work and eat a lot. Okay. So lazy, of course, you know what lazy is. I don't want to do anything. I want to do, I just want to do this. I'm going to be lazy today and tomorrow, next week, next month, and next year. And so glutton, they're eating too much. So they're known as those kind of people, he said, and they're lying in the brutes. And so he said, make sure that as they're saved, as they come out of that, they come into the kingdom. Make sure they're doing what's good. They're doing the right thing, the beneficial thing, the, the beautiful thing. And they're providing for their own daily necessities. They're taking care of themselves. They're getting what they need. And they're working for what they need. They're providing for themselves. They're not depending on other people. They're not being lazy. They're not being gluttons. They are doing what they need to do to take care of their own selves. Why? Because they're doing good. They've come out of an old way and into a new way of providing for themselves. And also make sure they're doing what is good so they will not live unproductive lives. Rather than being unproductive, they need to be productive, doing something. Just, just whatever it is you can find to do, let's, let's just do it, he says. Be productive. And so as a result of doing good, they're going to provide for themselves and they're going to be productive lives. Well, since Cretan had that reputation of being liars, as evil brutes, as lazy as gluttons, Paul is simply emphasizing that Christian Cretans should devote themselves to doing good. Just do the right thing. Just always, Cretans, you make sure you're always useful. When you're around people and people are around you, make sure you're doing the useful thing. Make sure you're being beneficial to other, pe other people around. Just make sure you're pleasant. You know, Just make sure people enjoy being around you because you're so pleasant, just like us tonight. All of us in this room are just pleasant people, aren't we? I mean, we're just a joy to be around. People just say, well, I can't wait to be in the company of, and they fill in that blank with your name, don't they? Because you're just so pleasant to be around. He said, that's what he's saying to them. That's what he's saying to us. And just do the honorable thing, the right thing, the correct thing at all times. And just have that positive moral quality. You're always going to do the right moral thing at all times. And so Paul was saying to Titus, make sure you're emphasizing that they're to be devoted to doing the right thing, the good thing all the time. Because, see, the Christian Cretans were called to provide for the daily necessities. So, Titus, as long as you're there in Crete, you got a job to do. Make sure you're watching that Christians are providing for their daily necessities. 
Titus, while you're there in Crete, make sure those Cretans are providing, uh, not living unproductive lives, but they're living a productive life, doing something useful for other people as well as themselves. And so unproductive simply means unfruitful. Uh, you're not producing any fruit. Jesus said in Matthew 15 that in order to produce fruit, we've got to stay attached to the vine, meaning Jesus. We have to stay attached to him to produce any fruit. As we separate from the vine, we're not going to produce any fruit. And so he's saying that to them, and he's saying it to us. Uh, don't be unfruitful. Don't be useless. Do something. Be fruitful by staying attached to Jesus and be useful to Jesus. To leave there and go what Peter said, to kind of reemphasize what he's talking about doing good, as in discipleship, we're learning how to be more productive, more fruitful, and more useful every day of our life because we're becoming more like Jesus. Peter said a lot of the same things. He said to the people he's writing to, live such good lives among the pagans, talking about the lost people, as you're around lost people at work, school, home, wherever you go, Walmart or wherever you are, live such good lives, useful lives around lost people, and though they accuse you of doing wrong, though the lost person says you're doing wrong because of what you're talking about or what you're doing, they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So lost people ought to see us doing good deeds. They may talk about us. They may put us down. They may just say, we don't know what to, we're believing in. And why would we believe in a God and this Jesus and, and all that? They may mock us, make fun of us. But in the end, they should see our good deeds, just like that first song we said, sang tonight. They'll know we are Christians by our love. And as we love people, as we care for, care for people, and we have these good deeds, they're going to say, hmm, look at that person. And not glorify us. We're never to seek glory for ourselves. Well, you know what I did? Other, you know what? Yeah, we're not to do that. They're to glorify God on the day that he visits us. When they see God in our lives, they're to bring glory to him, not to us. So discipleship emphasizes the need for good works. Not so that we earn our salvation, but simply to serve others. When we're out there doing good works, whatever the good works is that we're doing, it could be all kind of things and everybody doing something different. But when we were doing those good works and we're becoming a more of a disciple to Jesus, we're not trying to earn his respect. We're not trying to earn good points with him. We're not trying to get a bigger crown in heaven. We're not trying to get a bigger mansion in heaven. We're not trying to do anything to earn something. We're just serving others. Because that's what Jesus did. He didn't come here to get anything, to uh, you know, be known for anything except salvation. He came to sacrifice for us and give us that same example that we're to sacrifice for other people. And so we're doing good works, not because we have to, but we want to. Because we're in a devoted relationship with Christ, and we're trying to become more like Him every day in discipleship, and that's all the lifelong process of being like Jesus. And as we're doing that, we're just serving others just like he did. So in the end, Romans twelve twenty one says, Do not, do not ever be overcome by evil. There's a lot of evil around us. You see it, you read about it, see it on TV, you've been exposed to it around where you live or going somewhere, going places, you, you see bad things that are happening and all the time. But we can't let overcome, we can't let evil overcome us. That is, have victory over us. Overcome means to have victory. We cannot let evil have victory over us. 
because the Bible also says that he that lives within us, talking about the Holy Spirit, is more powerful, is greater than he that lives within the world, talking about Satan. And so when we compare Satan to the Holy Spirit, Satan's always defeated. Holy Spirit's always victorious. And of all things, he lives in us. Holy Spirit does. And so as a Christian, there's not a day that goes by we should be defeated. Not one. Because we got a greater power living in us than living out in the world. The devil, the world may try to overcome us and have victory over us and defeat us and smack us down and knock us down and kick us around. But as a Christian, we're saying, hey, you can't defeat me. Holy Spirit living in me is much more powerful than he living in the world. He may be using you and using you and using this person, that person to bring defeat to me, but he can't do it because of the Holy Spirit living in us. So he says, do not be overcome evil. Don't let it have victory over you, but here's what you do. Overcome evil with good. And so all we're going to do is all week long, we're going to see evil. We know it's going to come against us. We know it's going to try to defeat us, but all we're going to do is good. We're just going to do the right thing. We're just going to do the honorable thing. We're just going to do the pleasant thing. We're always going to be pleasant in everybody's company. And we're going to do what's useful, what's beneficial, what's honorable. And we're going to always have this positive moral quality. Because we're not going to let evil defeat us. We're not going to let evil overcome us. We're going to overcome it by Romans, what he said, doing good. Doing good is simply being useful, beneficial, pleasant, honorable, and having that quality of morality within us that's positive and not negative. So we'll go out there this week and we just defeat evil all around us by doing good.